strange future, a 23rd century guide for the 21st century cynic by Josh Smith. With me, Carl Friedman, as your narrator. Okay, just stick with us and we'll walk together to the ID office. It's about 15 blocks, but since you don't want to take the pods, we'll just have to walk the whole way. Yeah, yeah, we know. It's just like yesterday. He didn't like the way Darren seemed to be acting as their babysitter. He felt that he could certainly fend for himself, even in these new, somewhat unfamiliar surroundings. Darren glanced over at Lila, who simply shrugged. They left the lab and started walking in the direction of the ID office. Though they were not gawking and looking around as much as the day before, the three were still amazed by their surroundings. They walked past the pod station and ventured outside of the historic district into an area they had not yet seen. The number of people milling about the streets increased exponentially. The sidewalks were even wider in this area. Hover taxis would land in the narrow tarmac center to deposit their passengers, get new ones, and whisk away just as quickly as they had arrived. This area was apparently a strong commercial district. Storefronts showed off their wares and windows next to large signs proclaiming sales. As they passed these shops, Thomas glanced in the windows, not able to take a lot of time, of course, as they were walking at a fairly decent clip. But what he did see was completely unlike what would be seen in the typical shops of his day. Most of the stores seemed to center around some new technology that he had no frame of reference for. There were, however, a few stores here and there that sold clothing, shoes, or some other form of apparel. This was about the only type of store that Thomas could understand. As they walked, the people around them window-shopped, buzzed in and out of enormous apartment buildings, and loitered outside of bars, cafes, and restaurants. Human habits had changed very little in the past 200 years. Finally, they reached the ID office. It was a squat, brown brick building. Compared to most of the other buildings in the area, it stuck out like a sore thumb. This, of course, was highly appropriate for a government office. Bureaucracy, they were about to discover, had changed very little as well. As they entered the building, they quickly came upon a long queue that snaked through an enormous waiting area. The back wall was lined with a long countertop, and government employees were lined up, waiting to help the masses through what they guessed to be bulletproof glass. Gee, the way these queues are, you'd think the British were in charge of this agency or something. Actually, they are. How did you know? Uh, I was just joking. <laughs> Darren made no connection to what would be so funny about queues and British people, but figured it was yet another reference to the past that he didn't understand. Thomas resolved to just remain quiet and cue like any other responsible adult. After waiting for hours, they finally arrived to the head of the line. Next! Let me handle this, Darren said and gestured to indicate that the rest were to remain quiet. The five of them approached the counter. What's this then? We have an old-fashioned party here. Well, dears, how are we today? What can I do for you? We're fine. We need some new ID numbers for these three. They were cloned recently. All right. May I have the ID numbers of the individuals they were cloned from then? Uh, what? You know, I have to have the ID numbers of the people these three were cloned from, so I can process it properly. We got to have that information on file. I, uh, well, Darren stammered, his brilliant plan falling apart. 
I don't have the ID numbers of the people they were cloned from. That's a shame that is, because without those ID numbers, these are invalid clones. We'll have to eliminate them. The lady pushed a button, a loud alarm was sounded, and the bulletproof glass slid upwards. Other employees and customers quickly took cover. The lady reached down under her desk and pulled out a very bizarre-looking weapon. She looked through the scope and began to aim with a twisted smile on her face. She seemed to be very happy to have her day made more lively. Thomas, Doug, and Vera yelped and ducked down. No, wait, they aren't clones. What's this? The old woman asked. She pushed the button again and the alarm stopped sounding. You say they aren't clones? You are just trying to change the story now, are you? Defrauding the government is a very serious crime. No, ma'am. It's just that we didn't think anyone would believe our real story. Well, go on, then. Other employees came out from where they had taken shelter. It was deathly quiet. Everyone seemed interested in what the explanation would be. It's just that these three have been frozen for the past 200 years, and they weren't able to get their ID numbers when the system was created. That's all. The woman stared at them for a time in silence. Is that all, then? Why didn't you just say so? How do you find that? She placed the weapon back under the desk, jumped down from her chair, and waddled off to a back office. Great plan there, Darren. Doug hissed from the floor, not at all keen on getting up yet. Shut up. Darren spat back from his hiding spot behind a counter several feet away. We didn't know what else to do. We didn't think that there was any way they were going to believe our real story. Guys, chill. It's okay now. We're good. She had been the only one to not duck for cover when the woman pulled the weapon, and Thomas was in complete awe of this. He stared, wondering idly if she was always this brave. In his mind, boldness was an extremely important quality. As such, he greatly admired anyone who possessed it because he did not. Lila herself was amazed that she didn't hide, and so was her brain. It was currently screaming horrible, obscene things at her that she worked hard to ignore. Here we are. The woman reappeared, carrying several forms. This is a special form they had to make back when that caveman was thawed around about 20 years ago. First time anyone in this ear office has even had to use it. We'll have to fill all that out and then bring it back. Next! You mean we have to wait in line again? Thomas mumbled as he got up off the floor, noting that the line had grown even longer. Oh, suck it up, will you? We'll be fine. Darren said as he got up from behind the counter island he was hiding behind. Lila handed him a copy of the form, and the two of them began filling them out. The three stood there uselessly, only answering the occasional question about one thing or another. Finally, they were finished, and they got back in line. Several hours later, they once again stood at the head of the line. The woman who helped them initially saw them at the ready and shooed away the person she was currently working with. But we're not through! I'm sorry, but do I have to fill out that form again? Next! This is ridiculous. I'll speak with your supervisor about this. Easy lunch. Next! It's three in the afternoon. He takes a long lunch. Next! The person finally gave up and walked away. The five walked back up to the woman. I wanted to process your form. <laughs> Let's see what we have here, shall we? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay. Right there, everything looks to be in order. She pecked away at a keyboard and printed out some additional forms, which she then stamped and handed them. Right. You take these down to the address on the paper there and give it to this receptionist. 
she'll help you get implants for your friends here. They've already been sent your information and are getting things prepared for your arrival. This is so exciting! The woman beamed, clearly enjoying the change in pace. Well, uh, thank you very much. We'll go take care of this right away. Okay, then. You three have a good day. Hope you get to that next address before they close. She turned away from them and shouted at another worker. Oi, Miriam! I want to use Form 1356B. The woman and her friend chattered excitedly about it. The other employees stopped and looked over to see the group of people who brought this rare form into use. Let's get out of here before they want an autographed picture, Thomas said as they hurried out the door. Darren looked at the forms he was carrying. Uh, guys, this building is way uptown. There's no way we'll make it today unless we use the pods. No way. I'm not using that until I get the DNA and memory backup thing we're talking about. Thomas, come on. The chances of it happening are next to nothing. That's still not nothing. I'm not going to waste another day. I want to get on with it and start seeing what else this world has to offer, with or without you. Everyone else was clearly on Doug's side, leaving Thomas outnumbered. This always happened to him. Come on, Thomas. What could possibly go wrong? Thomas shifted his weight. It was a rather uncomfortable situation. As the others stared at him, Thomas thought about that phrase, what could possibly go wrong? The last time someone had asked him that question was on a class field trip to an amusement park. The class had been separated into small groups, and everyone in Thomas's group wanted to go on the newest roller coaster, the Banshee. Everyone, that is, except for Thomas. As the group discussed the rides they wanted to go on, the kids urged Thomas to ride the Banshee with them. First they mocked him, and then they pleaded with him to go. Come on, Thomas, we can't go without you. Yeah, Thomas, what could possibly go wrong? Against Thomas's better judgment, he gave in and rode the Banshee. Unfortunately for his classmates, he threw up right at the top of the loop-de-loop, -loop, splattering everyone as the train came back down. Thomas didn't remember anything after that except for the horrible smell and angry looks on the bus ride home. Ever since then, he made sure that he thought at least twice about doing anything that provoked the use of that phrase. Thomas then realized that everyone was still staring. He sighed. Yeah, okay. I guess I don't have any choice. And I might as well get used to it since it's apparently the new method of transportation. They entered the pods station and bought tickets, same as the last time, only this time they actually got in line at the boarding platform. Remember, just get in there and say 116th Street and it'll take you there. I'll go first and Lila will go last so she can help you if need be. I'll be there to meet you when you arrive. Darren walked into the pod. The doors closed, but you could clearly see 116th Street on his lips. And he was gone. The light turned green and Doug entered. Then Vera. Thomas looked at Lila nervously. She simply smiled and waved him on. Thomas entered through the large doors of the chamber and looked around. It was extremely similar to the original cryogenic chamber they were frozen in, only no wires were visible at the top. The ceiling was simply smooth with a single light shining down. Thomas noted that the chamber was also much larger. He estimated it to be about four feet wide and ten feet tall, guessing that it was probably to do with the fact that people could come in such unusual shapes and sizes thanks to the genetically modified children of the future. The doors closed and Thomas stood there, unsure of what to do or say. Finally, a computerized voice prompted him in a tone that almost seemed to convey annoyance. 
Please state your destination. Oh, uh... Unrecognized destination. Please state your destination. Uh, 116th Street. Did you say 116th Street? Yes. Why are ID office employees permitted to keep laser guns behind the counter? Who was the caveman that prompted the creation of 1356B, and what were the circumstances surrounding his thawing? Will Thomas reach the implant office in one piece? Find out in the next exciting episode of Strange Future. In that episode of Strange Future, Carl Friedman was the narrator. Kathy Friedman was the ID office customer. Austin Edwards was Jimmy. Dustin Smith was Thomas Gordon. Rachel Smith was Lila. Ross Blavelt was Darren. Josh Smith was Doug, Keith, and the Pod. And Joy Lucas was the British woman. It's a shame I didn't get to use my gun. I was looking forward to it. <laughs>